Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogie. Well, it's been almost exactly a year since we started recording the uh, <laughs> Rising Champions podcast. Of course, Kyle Bogey here, Dr. Jason Nevetsky of the Champion Mindset Group. And uh, Doc, it's been a fun year. We've talked to uh, some incredible people, younger people, some older people who are, you know, still trying to be a champion out there as well. But, uh, you know, appreciate you bringing me along for the ride. And, uh, you know, we have another great conversation on tap today. Yeah, Kyle, it's uh, amazing how fast this year's gone with everything going on in the world. And we were just talking before we started recording about your daughter is almost a year old. And we were just talking about you becoming a girl dad when we started this podcast. So congratulations to you and, and Audrey and her first Mother's Day. And uh, so it must be a real treat to go through that this past weekend. It was, yeah. And um, what did Audrey want to do for, for, you know, for first real Mother's Day? She wanted to go axe throwing. So it was uh, an eventful day. Um, didn't expect that, but uh, no, it was really nice. I appreciate that. And uh, I can, you can't see them right here, but the gray hairs are already oh, starting please. to come in. So it's, <laughs> it's been a year of uh, very little sleep, but a lot of fun. There's no doubt about that. You know all about that. So Absolutely. Um, without further ado, um, wanna, we're going to flip the format a little bit. Normally we do kind of a, an intro and talk about, you know, what's going on, relevant things out there in the world, but uh, we're really excited to get to this conversation. So want to just welcome in uh, Alex Sopcek uh, to the Rising Champions podcast. And uh, Alex, we appreciate you being on. And uh, you, as we were getting ready to record, you made us very jealous because apparently she's recording from Florida right now, which is just very unfair. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I should have had the palm tree as my background. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm surprised. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alex, we're really excited to have you on. We've been talking about this for a long time. I know you and I have been texting back and forth for months and then scheduling conflicts and COVID and things just kind of happened. So we finally got this uh, on the calendar and here we are today. So uh, for those that don't remember, and I don't know how you couldn't remember, but Alex is uh, quite the... Uh, the hero in our community uh, here in the Metro Detroit area, even though she's down in Florida now. Uh, but let me just list a couple of the thousands of accolades that she was able to accomplish while, while growing up here. I mean, she's uh, a graduate of Mercy High School in 2015, uh, National Honor Society, two-time All-State, and I'm probably getting some of this wrong, but one of the bigger ones was she was Miss Softball in 2015 too, which is a big deal here uh, in Michigan. Uh, we're going to touch on some of the amazing things she did in the community. Uh, then obviously she went on to go play softball at one of the best programs in the country at the University of Michigan, where she was a member of the All Big Ten team, academic All Big Ten. She had 11 multi-hit games, 10 multi-hit RBI games, Big Ten Player of the Week. And then majored in doing all that, majored in a, an incredibly difficult field of biopsychology, cognition, and neuroscience, went on to do some research at U of M Hospital, and now is going to be attending medical school down in Florida at, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Nova Southeastern University. Yep, that's correct. Correct. So welcome to the podcast uh, where we interview 
rising and continuing rising champions uh, uh, in their field of sports or business or their professional careers. So welcome to the podcast, Alex. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I want to touch on first before we get into the mental aspects of playing softball um, is the contributions that you made to the community here uh, in the Metro Detroit area. You created something called Dodge for a Cause. Can you tell me something or tell us all something about that and where that started and what it was all about? Yeah. So, um, when I was at Mercy, I had a good friend of mine named Marissa, and we just wanted to do more for the community. We were really involved with church, um, and the church we were involved with was doing a lot of community outreach. Um, and we got in touch with a, a woman named Morgan, who does bands that jam for Africa, and we really believed in her cause. Um, she, through music, raises and supports a lot of small communities in Southern Africa. And so we just wanted to be involved, so we started a dodgeball tournament, what a better way to get athletes involved um, for all the surrounding Metro Detroit schools, Grove, Seahome, Brother Rice, and just had a lot of fun on a Saturday, threw some uh, dodgeballs at each other and raised <laughs> quite a bit of funds um, to bring water and to build shelters and bring school supplies to some really underprivileged communities in Africa. That's amazing. It really is. Um... You know, I, I was having a conversation yesterday with my business partner and we probably sounded like the old, uh, you know, washed up athletes. And, you know, we didn't accomplish nearly as much as you did, uh, you know, playing Division One softball, playing for Hutch and, you know, doing everything you did. But we, when we were talking, I, I realized how impactful sports, you know, were on both of us and how much I think it set us up. Um, from a work ethic standpoint, an organization standpoint, you know, a time standpoint. Um, can you just, I guess, share a little bit about how you think playing athletics and, and playing at the highest of levels that you did has molded you and, you know, turned you into somebody who's not only making an impact in the real world, the professional world, but, um, you know, personally making an impact out there as well? Yeah, I think sports has shaped so much of who I am. Um, talking about organization, we were busy from five in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. I mean, especially being pre-med students. So uh, we didn't have time not to be organized or to procrastinate. So going into med school, I feel pretty prepared as far as, you know, all the studying and what it takes to, to stay on my grades. I think the most formative um, thing that I gained was my resilience. You have to be very resilient to play sports and to play it at the highest level. And you can't allow words or small things to kind of get in the way of achieving your goals. And I think those, that was probably the biggest thing I had to learn um, but the biggest thing that allows me in my everyday life to keep going, um, to, you know, not take no for an answer. I definitely think sports was, was the biggest contribution to that. Mm -hmm. So you had to experience, um, or I should say implement a lot of resilience, uh, to be able to bounce back from some significant things that happened to you early in your life. Tell us about this accident that you were involved in and how did you overcome that? Yeah. <laughs> Look at me trying to get some work, like a, a workout in after school and uh, how that paid off. I was going for a run. Um, I was a freshman at the time at Mercy and went a little bit too late. It was about dusk. Um, thought I looked both ways. Guess I didn't and got hit about 30 to 40 miles per hour mm. and uh, went up on the hood, flew off, was rushed to the emergency room. It was 
definitely the most traumatic experience of my life. Um, a very faith-filled one. Um, prior to that, I, I can't say that my faith was where I wanted it to be. And uh, since then, I definitely think the reason that I had no broken bones um, was, you know, someone was looking out for me. I actually had a paramedic tell me that, you know, I'm screaming in the back and they said to relax. And that if I had, actually, I think his quote was, if you have a God, I would thank him right now because there's no way that you should be alive and, and from mm. how you uh, got hit. So it was uh, a very, very scary experience. Probably the first thing that kind of made me want to go into medicine. Um, you know, I was terrified. I was a kid. I didn't know if I was going to be able to play sports again. Didn't know, you know, if my spine was a spinal injury. And I had a uh, resident actually just goof around with me all night made sure I was calm, um, you know, kind of took a backseat to his job, I guess, in the, the ER and everything, just to make sure I was okay, you know, being alone, having that family in there right away. I think that's exactly why I wanted to become a doctor. Um, and so, yeah, it was terrifying experience. Not one many people can say getting hit by a car doesn't usually turn out well mm. for, you know, a passerby, but I was very fortunate to walk away and it's shaped a lot of, you know, my faith as well as what I want to do in my career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, very life shaping experience and gave you a different perspective, I'm sure, on, on taking advantage of every opportunity uh, that was given to you. So let's use that as a transition then. So you, you play have an amazing career at Mercy. You do a lot of great things in the community. You set records. You get recruited all over the place and decide to go to University of Michigan. Tell us about that experience and what it was like to go through recruiting and finally decide to go to Michigan. Yeah, so when I was at Mercy, my after my freshman years when I committed to Michigan, the recruiting rules were a little bit different then. Um, you could get recruited earlier. Mm -hmm. And so I was... I was on top of my game, you know, senior year, I was Miss Softball. I felt, you know, very confident in my abilities. I was ready to take on, you know, college ball. I was in the best shape of my life. I was going to um, workouts four days a week. And I just felt like I was both mentally, physically prepared. And I was completely wrong. Um, you know, I, I, and I think a lot of us athletes are, once we step into college, it's just a different game. There's really no way to completely prepare for it. Um, and why my physical game was there. Um, I had a lot to learn, a lot to kind of grow up in a sense. And, you know, I had to be very resilient and I had to really grow my my mindset a lot my freshman year, even into my sophomore year, because it was just mentally, it was a huge jump um, dealing with, you know, I was the top of my classes and now, you know, school's really hard in college, especially mm -hmm. at U of M. Um, and then doing division one athletics as well and seeing so much of my identity in athletics to fail so hard um, thinking that I was going to come in and not that it was going to be super easy, but that it was going to be, you know, I'd get hit the ground running and, and do well. Um, it was a, definitely a big adjustment for sure. Mm -hmm. How much of that do you think was, and maybe this is something that you thought about at the time, but you come into you know, obviously a university that is, I mean, world renowned you know, obviously that expectations are incredible there, but the softball program has been incredible for a very long period of time. A, a legendary, uh, you know, coach who doesn't seem to, you know, take any, any crap or any guff, uh, you know, from, from her, uh, her players. So I guess how demanding was that and what kind of a challenge was that trying to live up to the expectations of, of yourself, but also the program at that time? 
Yeah, I think um, something that a lot of people don't realize is the year prior to when I was a freshman, they were number two in the nation. You know, they had just lost to Florida. And so, and they had really nobody, uh, they had about two players leave. So it was basically the same team. Um, and so walking as a freshman, we had a pretty big freshman class. We were the outsiders and that's not to discredit my teammates. You know, they just held us to that same standard that got them as far as it did last year. And so for us, it was a huge adjustment because I think at the time it felt very isolating, you know, and just jumping into a big program, not really having any transition time, just being expected to be our greatest, being expected to be World Series material is a huge expectation. Um, at the time I was catching quite a bit in preseason and the pressure was just a lot to, to live up to the expectations of coaches and, and teammates. Um, and I think at the time it was just a, a really big adjustment for sure. So many athletes that I work with, Alex, struggle with that transition from whether it's high school to college or if it's a professional athlete to another level uh, because they always feel, in my opinion, like they have to do more or be special when they get to that next level. I'm curious if that's the pressure you felt as well, like, oh, now I'm in college, I'm at this really incredibly historically high-ranked team. Did you feel that extra pressure to do more than was even asked of you? Yeah, I think going to Michigan and being a local kid, you feel this pressure that you've got to thrive at the next level. You know, I was Miss Awful in Michigan and all this, you know, kind of added pressure I added to myself. It wasn't like I got out of state and, you know, got away where people didn't know me. I felt mm -hmm. a lot of pressure to continue to succeed and to beat what I had previously done. And I think that definitely got to me in my freshman year, for sure. Yeah, and it got to you in a very specific way, didn't it? I mean, I, you and I talked a long time ago about this. What happened? Yeah, I, I got the yips. I'd never even heard of the yips before um, college, before I had it. And it was the craziest um, thing. I mean, it seems like the stupidest thing, honestly. It was just the, like losing the ability to throw. And it was, you know, just, just back to the pitcher was – I think I had some bad throws preseason and I got so locked in my mind that I had to double pump. I was just, it was just such a bizarre thing. I remember talking to, to Nick, my fiance about it. And, you know, he was just couldn't believe that I'd, I'd never struggled with it before. So it was um, definitely something I had to reshape my mind around. I had to say things so that my mind was preoccupied. I had to change my slot throws some different things you know, that, um, you know, Dr. Novetsky worked through with me, thank gosh. Um, but it was definitely an adjustment, that's for sure. You don't expect to, to go into college at the pinnacle of your career and start, you know, getting the yips for sure. Yeah, well, you're not the first and you won't be the last that, that we talk about with that is certainly very common. And what happens is you do feel that pressure. And it's almost like a trauma. Uh, that, that you're going through and you have to deal with it. And I think you, you, know, you use the strategies quite well. And I'll be honest with you, not everybody can get through it. Uh, there's been documented cases of major leaguers that struggled with it their whole career and had to change positions uh, so they didn't have to throw as much or pitch as much. So um, I also want to get into what you learned from Coach Hutch um, from the mental standpoint. What did she – teach and preach about the mental game and mental toughness and playing the game one pitch at a time? Yeah, I think, you know, Hutch doesn't have gifts. She's been doing this a long time. She doesn't wait for you to get your, your mindset right. You just don't play until you, you do, to be honest. And 
um, you know, that's the years of experience behind her belt. And I think what she, I, by no means did she coddle me through it, If you know, and I think sometimes we didn't always see eye to eye because of that. I mean, not because I expected to be coddled, but I wish there was more communication there. But I think the reality of it is, is I was a grown woman and I needed to figure it out for myself. And once I stopped, you know, trying to make the expectations of my teammates or her, you know, she held me accountable to that. And that's how that I was able to be resilient and to grow my mindset for sure. Mm. How have things, uh, you know, transition wise, I guess, was the, was it a difficult transition going from, uh, you know, all you focused on, you know, was being an athlete and being a student and all of that. And now, you know, obviously you're going to be going to medical school, but, you know, kind of transitioning away from, you said earlier, softball was kind of your identity when you got to Michigan and you know, all that. What, what, what is it like now, I suppose, as you're, you're moving away from it? Yeah, I think, you know, once I actually came to terms with that, it wasn't my identity and I started focusing more of my time on school and my career path. That's when I started to do really well as an athlete. And I feel, feel like now, um, I have so much pressure lifted off of me because you don't control softball. I mean, it's a game of failure and I wish I had known this younger when I started to pursue it, but, um, I can control my grades. I can, you know, and I won't be able to control the outcomes in medicine for sure. But, um, something about being able to take control of my life and, you know, that transition you were mentioning, it's really, it takes a lot of the pressure off. Um, and it's just really exciting, honestly, you know, I'll always miss the sport. And I, I miss playing and competing, but it's a nice kind of lull in my transition between intense academics and intense sports to at least just intense academics going forward. So clearly, you know, we talked about how sports is going to help you later in life and you're going to be going into a very demanding, competitive, intense and significant field. What are you taking specifically in terms of your ability to mentally prepare, sustain focus under pressure, deal with distractions that you were able to deal with for, you know, at a high level softball, how are you going to use that when you go into medicine? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's obviously more terrifying positions, but being on television with Hutch, you know, over there staring you down in the bottom of the seventh and a losing ball game and post seasons, definitely terrifying and I think um, having the resilience and just the mindset to be under that pressure and be under the you know big 10 light and and to be under your coaches and to be wanting to play for your teammates you kind of you're good under pressure and I've been really focused under pressure it's really taught me that even from the school aspect you know taking big exams taking the MCAT which is an eight-hour exam you know for med school I think sports has really shown me just what I'm capable of. I'm capable of overcoming anything I set my mind to. You know, I was, I was able to overcome the yips, which was a huge, huge mental, mental lapse, you know, and go from not playing and kind of, I guess, you know, being upset with that to starting and doing really well. And I think having that resilience and keep moving forward will really help in my medical career to stay focused under pressure, but to just keep going and to always be, um, you know, preparing myself for the next patient. Mm -hmm. See, I think that's fascinating. Now, Doc, you might, you might disagree with this, but when I think about, like, my life, I, I think about the failures and, and a lot of the things that, to me, set up where, you know, I ended up getting and some of the things that I've accomplished. I don't always think about, you know, the, the, the positives and getting through it and all of that, but, you know, that's interesting because I, I take so much more out of failure and think way more about the failures as opposed to, 
the positives. And it seems like, you know, you've, you've experienced those things and that's going to benefit you here, you know, moving forward because we're not perfect. We're always going to make mistakes. We're always going to have issues. We've got to fight through things. And I, I think that's just as important as anything. I guess, Doc, you probably have way better insight on that than me. Well, I'll let Alex respond first, but I certainly have an opinion on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm really proud of my failures. You know, I came into my undergrad expecting to play all the time, and I didn't. I, I fell on my face, and, you know, I'm really proud that I just worked harder. I became the best athlete I ever was in high school. My senior year of college, I was playing all the time. I was Big Ten, you know, um, second team, and, and, you know, a regional player, and I wouldn't have been able to achieve those goals had I had the same mindset I came into college with. And I wouldn't be prepared for my future career in medicine because I didn't really fail in high school. I was, you know, a great athlete and it got me through a lot. And falling on my face really taught me a, a lot more about myself and what I'm <laughs> capable of, you know, than just sports. It was really an insight into who I am and who I want to be going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And to build on that, I would just say back, Kyle, that you know, failure is okay. And there's nothing wrong with, with failing. And I wish that more parents would allow their kids to fail and experience discomfort early on instead of swooping in and trying to save them from feeling uncomfortable. So I, I applaud parents that take a step back, don't call the teacher, don't call the coach, let their kids figure things out, obviously within reason. I mean, if something serious going on, you got to jump in, but let kids experience that discomfort, like Alex said, so you can learn a lot about yourself and, and then apply that to, to your future. Otherwise, if you never experienced that growing up, you're going to get punched in the face when you face, when you face the real world and you're not going to know how to deal with it. And that's where honestly, a lot of mental illness starts to take shape is when people don't are too fragile and don't know how to deal with things. So yeah, learn from your failures. Um, and it's not about what happened to you. It's about how you respond to what happens to you and, and having that resilience. And obviously you need to have a support system in place. I mean, Alex sought out help from me, from others, from her, her boyfriend at the time, now fiance. I mean, there's, you know, people in our support group can't do it all by yourself, but you certainly need to feel that discomfort to grow. So I think that's uh, very admirable that all of us do that from time to time. And I wish more people would do that. So Alex, uh, just kind of getting to the end here, but one big question I have is I work with lots of young ladies that are considering playing softball in college. And sometimes the, the response I get back, believe it or not, is I'm not sure if I want to play division one because of the time and the pressure. Um, you know, you don't have your life to yourself. The school kind of owns you is kind of the things I hear. And, and I played division one baseball, so I certainly understand that. Uh, but I always feel like it made me better. Uh, because of the demands on my time and the expectations. So, but I'm curious on your opinion of that, looking back on your experience. Yeah, I don't necessarily like that approach. I think, you know, d d just because it's not Division One doesn't mean it's not going to be challenging and push you to the next level. And I think if you go in with a mindset that you don't want to be pushed, um, you're going to end up being pushed and, you know, you've just got to kind of go through it. I don't think that I have a lot of friends that aren't division one that still have a crazy workload and probably mm -hmm. more an academic workload than I even did at U of M. Um, you know, I know people that are at Stanford and have to deal with, you know, that's obviously division one, but just every school has, you know, different battles. I know schools that have maybe less softball, but they definitely don't get the same perks that I did at U of M. So it's just, there's a give and take to everything. And I think 
you will never know really what you're getting into until you're there. And I think if you go into it with that mindset, you're setting yourself up to fail. Mm, that's great. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think you, you got to challenge yourself as much as we possibly can as early as we possibly can. So, you know, my advice is always, Hey, don't be closed minded about that. Go all in, see what your opportunities are and then figure out the best fit for you. And if the best fit for you is division two or three or, or something else, then go for that. But don't, close off options until you have the options in front of you. Well, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I also think too, it's just, it's, you know, I remember the busiest time of my life was the, the years that I thrived, you know, and to me, it's because you have no other choice. You have to get through the chaos. You have to figure out how to manage it and you just got to make it happen. And there is no other alternative because you can't lose your first job, your second job, your, you can't fail a class. You can't, you know, you gotta just somehow find a way to balance it all. And that ends up teaching you, I think, you know, way more than you could possibly ever expect. Don't think about how stressful it is and oh my God, how am I gonna do this? You gotta just jump in and figure it out. And I, I, I'm sure, you know, in my experience, it took like 10 years off my life, what I was doing, but I, I like, it, I made it happen. And I think a lot of, you know, kids, are scared, are scared or worried about that. And you don't need to be, you know, you just got to figure out how to be organized, lean on people to get through things, find people to talk to. There, there's always ways to just make all of that stuff happen. And that's, what's going to make you successful. Especially if you're on a team. I mean, you have 20 something other girls that are going through the exact same thing. I mean, I was the only pre-med student, but I had a lot of, you know, business majors and that's a very hard field in Michigan. And, you know, we just get each other through it. And we had a lot of reward playing division one we had a lot of perks you know we got to fly on the pistons plane a few times like with a lot of you know pain and sweat and tears and all of that comes a lot of reward absolutely and i think you know even today and i'm sure alex you dealt with uh, some of this but i didn't uh the whole pressure of social media um you know and what you see out there on facebook and instagram and, and twitter and what you know whatnot um that everybody's out there having this quote perfect life, you know, and posting these amazing things. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on young people these days that, you know, I have to do this because I got to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. So curious if you felt that at all in, in your time. Yeah, I think, you know, being a female specifically, we definitely think that social media has, you think that everyone's li living this perfect life. You have athletes. I mean, body image is a huge thing when mm -hmm. you're a softball player. You know, we, we lived heavy and it's something to be very proud of. But when you're looking at social media and you're seeing kind of the expect, societal expectations, it's easy to get wrapped up in that and not just see, you know, we were designed for a purpose. We might have bigger, you know, biceps than, than some women and, you know, bigger legs, but that's because we have a job to do and we should be proud of that. And I think social media can really warp that thinking and you've kind of got to work it out on your own end and, you know, really be proud of who you are and, and what you've done. But I would agree. I think social media can be a really positive thing. It can keep you in touch some, with some really great resources, but it can also be a very negative and, and devastating thing for mental health. Absolutely. Well said. All right, Alex. So we know you're going to med school. What's, what's the plan? What are you looking to study? What are the future goals moving forward? Yeah. So I don't know yet. I think I like radiology a lot. Um, I like that it's, um, you can see a lot of different things, but you're not necessarily in the heat of it. I like ortho a lot, but I know that I wouldn't be out of school until I'm like 60 years old. <laughs> um, but I think staying in sports, something I've always wanted to do. So um, 
orthopedic sounds enticing. Uh, I like radiology as well. So I don't know yet, but I know it'll be at least four years before I have to figure that out. So right uh, now I'm just chugging med school starts in July and then, you know, I'll kind of figure it out from there. Great. Well, it sounds right. Well, somebody's got to take over for Dr. Andrews someday. So, and fix all the athletes <laughs> up. So maybe that will be Dr. Sobchecker down, down yeah. the road for sure. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Alex, yeah, we appreciate you, uh, you know, joining us, obviously, uh, you know, good luck in the future. Look forward to following uh, all of your success. And, uh, you know, I guarantee there's people out there, young people in particular, that are going to listen to this and uh, be impacted by it and hopefully maybe, uh, you know, reflect a change in attitude or just use this as motivation potentially as they move forward. So we really appreciate you joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was awesome talking with you both. Great to see you, Alex. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again next week for another episode.